Hello, this is Jack Ritchie, lead pastor of Happy Hill Church. Thank you for tuning in and being a part of our service today. May you be strengthened in your faith, inspired to love, and filled with hope from today's message. Ladies of grace, no matter our stage of life, all ladies, all people need positive examples that help challenge us but also help encourage us in this walk that we have in Christ or for those that really haven't placed faith in Christ but they're looking, they're trying to say, I, I'm not sure about all this, I'm trying to figure it out. May, may they see a wonderful true reflection of Christ in and through our life that causes them to lean towards Him and place their faith in Him. None of us are perfect not at all. Our faith is strengthened by learning how to depend on God when we're going through hard times and we're dealing with pressures and sometimes when we're involved in situations where we really don't know the answer. So we're having to lean into the Word of God to find what His answer is and to get the wisdom that He said He would give us. The strength and, this, and, and grace that I want to look at this morning in these ladies, these Ten mighty women of God in the Bible reflect that very truth, that even in difficult times, God's grace is always sufficient. The journey of these ladies are, for most of them, filled with brokenness, filled with difficulty and hardship. They're filled with challenges, and yet they are great examples to us that we can have hope in whatever situation we might find ourselves dealing with, even right now today. The first one is Sarah. Sarah, Abraham's wife, one of two women mentioned in the Hall of Fame of Faith of Hebrews chapter 11. She showed great and incredible faith in God. Though Abraham and Sarah, Abram and Sarai in the moment, were unable to have children for many years, God promised them they would have a son. It's hard to imagine unless you've been there. The depth of pain and uncertainty that they might have endured as the years ticked by and they tried to hold on to God's promise. And even they tried to intervene with the ways of man. At first, Sarah doubted she could even become pregnant in her old age. The Bible tells us that in Genesis 18, 12, that she laughed at God. Now, you don't have to raise your hand today, but I just wonder, is there anybody in this building or maybe online today that you've actually laughed at him? Like he's told you something, and you might not have outwardly said, ha, 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 belly laugh, but inside you went, <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, Sarah could relate to that. She actually got called out for it. Why'd you laugh? I wasn't laughing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But over time, she chose to believe God and trust in His timing and His faithfulness. And even in her old age, this beautiful, strong, faith-filled woman gave birth to a son of promise named Isaac. Isaac means laughter. Fulfilling the word of the Lord spoken years before, she became a mother of a nation and even the descendant of Christ. Sarah's story is such a powerful reminder for us that when God speaks His promises over our life, He will do what He says He will do. For us, it may seem difficult or impossible. For Him, 
Nothing is difficult and nothing is impossible. If you're facing a situation like that, I just want to remind you, there are people in the Bible who can relate to it, and they are, they're written about for our example. Sarah, way past the age of being able to have children, when God showed up and said, you'll have a child. And he did what he said he would do. Number two, Rahab. Rahab was also one of the two women actually mentioned in this hall of fame of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. Though we don't know all of Rahab's circumstances, we do know this. God took the brokenness and shame of this courageous woman and she turned it all around for great good. We find about her in in Joshua chapter 2 and in Joshua chapter 6 verses 22 and 23. She actually helped the Israelites. She made sure that they would be able to be taken care of. They had gone into a territory to inspect, to send some people in to view what was taking place within these great walls. And because she was willing to help them, they made sure that she would hang out a scarlet cord so that her and her household would not be destroyed when they did what they were going to do. It wasn't that they were just good old boys. It was that God had a plan. And that even Rahab, Rahab, we know, was a prostitute in Jericho. She lived at the edge of the city, right on the wall. And when the Israelites' spies sought out refuge, Rahab chose to hide them. This brave woman believed that Israel's God was a God she could fully trust in. Somehow, some way, even in the face of possible death, she was going to help those who belonged to the Lord. God greatly rewards Rahab, providing protection for her and her entire family, and even appointing her to be in the lineage of Christ. Though Rahab's past sought to hold her down, She chose to rise above a situation, and that opportunity allowed God to work a miracle in and through her life. We could learn a lot from the courage of Rahab. If maybe you're here today and you're struggling with things of the past, the same way God could bring change into the life of Rahab, He can bring change into the life of your situation today. Because he's gracious and because he is long-suffering and he is filled with mercy. We have Sarah, we have Rahab, we have Deborah. I should have brought my big sword out for this one. Deborah was the only woman judge in the nation of Israel. She was a prophetess, she was an advisor, a wise counselor for her people, and when called on to lead, she bravely stepped up to accomplish what others were afraid to do. She not only led her people into battle, but more importantly, she influenced them to live lives for God, according to Judges chapter 4. Her life and service show us how important it is to be concerned for the welfare and the condition of those that we've been given to lead, that a good leader should care about the people that has been assigned to his or her life to lead them and not just look out for their own success. 
This courageous woman's life reminds us that God can accomplish great things through those who are willing to obey his simple leading and say yes to his direction. The Bible is clear that God calls women to follow him and to lead his people. He did it then in the day of Deborah years ago. He's done it since then, both in the Old and the New Testament, in history and even to this very day. He still uses women to lead. May we be found faithful to walk in his guidance, to lead well, and to live strong in his promises of protection and faithfulness over our own lives. I want to encourage you, Ladies, this is for all of us, guys as well. But ladies, I'm, this is Mother's Day. I'm dealing with ladies today, ladies of grace. I want you to make sure to never underestimate the influence you have in the lives of family and friends and people around you. Though I'm not preaching about these particular ladies today, I'm reminded of when Paul exhorted Timothy about the faith that he saw in Timothy's grandmother and his mother and had become convinced he saw that same faith in Timothy that he had seen in both of them. Never underestimate the influence you have in the lives of others. It's a lesson that we can learn from with Deborah. You may not call to be a judge at a great capacity leading a nation. But you never know how the wise judgments of the Lord on the inside of you as you are raising children or having the influence around family members or friends or co-workers. And I'm not talking about judging people. I'm talking about having the justice of God in your life that releases His righteousness and His justice, helping people to understand how to live and to grow in grace and godliness, how much that impact could make in someone's life who may be called to lead a nation someday. And the influence that you have in their life could be very, very vital and key. Number four is Ruth. Ruth, a woman of deep loyalty and certainly of great grace. Ruth was determined to remain faithful to those she loved even when it meant a potentially more difficult path. In Ruth chapter 1, verse 16, this particular verse has been recited in no telling how many wedding ceremonies alone. Is this, where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Ruth showed discernment in following God's leading and being willing to listen to the wisdom of her mother-in-law, Naomi. As they walked through very uncertain and challenging times, she worked hard and took initiative when she could have just run back to an easier life or complained about her difficulties. Yet, God brought her to Boaz, her kinsman redeemer, who was a blessing far beyond anything she ever expected. And she became an ancestor of Jesus through Boaz's family line. I remember before Jan and I were married, there was a day that my mom pulled me to the side to have a conversation with me. And she said, I want you to know something, son. 
I've talked to Jana about your life and the call of God on your life. Now, this was not when I was functioning or walking in the call of God for my life. I wasn't even sure about it. But my mom wasn't second-guessing. And she said, I'm not really sure at first why I was sharing some of the things I was sharing with her about you and about the calling on your life. But when I started sharing, I realized I see something in her. And I knew that potentially she was going to be your wife. Never shared these things with anybody else that had been in your life. She's the only one I ever did. Now, I I may have said she shared that with me before we were married. She shared that with me after we were married, but she shared it with her before we were married. And she made a statement. She said, there's something about Ruth that I see in Jana. And I can say that that verse, Ruth chapter 1, verse 16... 33 years of life together, 31 years of marriage. There is no question that my mom was right. Number five is Hannah. If I get stuck there, I'm going to cry. So let's move. After many years of longing for a child, Hannah knew that God was the only one that could hear her prayers. She trusted his ability to work on her behalf. And even when she didn't understand the painful circumstances When God answered her prayer, she gave him praise. 1 Samuel 2, 1 and 2, Then Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one beside you. There is no rock like our God. This beautiful anointed prayer of Hannah's continues on for another eight verses in 1 Samuel chapter 2. Her story to me reminds us of the great faithfulness and power and wisdom of God and not to overlook. His timing is always perfect. I realize there can be times we think he's late. We can arrive at times and begin this uh, barrage of questions, one of which we have to be really careful of, that we not question the goodness of God can be a dangerous place to question the goodness of God. Hannah could have done that, but she doesn't. She has questions. She doesn't fully realize what's taking place, but she knew who she would praise in the difficult times, and she knew who she would praise in the answered prayer, moments of prayer. There are never accidents in God's timing, and there's never accidents in God's purpose. And the story of Hannah is one of many, but certainly one that is filled with grace. Why these ladies? Because for me, some years ago when I started to understand grace and then began to really grow, now it's been several years or many years. When I look back through the Old Testament, things I didn't see I now see so much more filled with grace and graciousness. And all of these ladies' situation have a touch 
of the grace of God on them and have a display for us to be able to learn from, to see just how amazing he is, just how good he is, that as he has been for these that we're looking at today, so he can be in our lives in whatever situation. Hannah, that great statement, there is no rock like our God. Number six is Abigail. Abigail we find of in 1 Samuel chapter 25. We read about her and her husband, Nabal. The Bible describes Abigail as intelligent and beautiful. She des- it, it, the Bible describes her husband as surly and mean in his dealings. What a combination. When David and his men sought help from Nabal after showing great kindness to his servants, Nabal answered David with insults and he ridiculed him. With a battle threatening, Abigail's servants ran for help. The Bible tells us that she is the one that acted quickly and wisely to undo the harm her husband had brought on them. Because of the humility and courage of Abigail to speak on behalf of her household, David showed mercy. He spoke this blessing over her life out of 1 Samuel 25, 32 and 33. Praise be to the Lord God of Israel who has sent you today to meet me. May you be blessed for your good judgment. Abigail is an example and an amazing one at that to all ladies today who find themselves in tough places, difficult circumstances, maybe even a dangerous situation, that we can trust God's leading in and through His wisdom working in our lives. No matter how hard the journey may be, it's not beyond the realm of impossibility for Him to intervene in our situation. Number seven, Esther. Often we read the story and we only think about Esther's beauty and her royal position as she was elevated to queen. But we might forget where she came from. Life hadn't gone really well for Esther. Maybe it hadn't even gone the way that Esther would have liked it because she was orphaned and she had suffered great loss at a young age. She was then whisked away from everything she knew, and she was taken into the king's palace. Yet when she was gifted with such a royal position, she still endured or encountered, excuse me, encountered hardship. Her people faced tragedy, destruction, and at one point in time, the potential for annihilation. I'm sure she also felt alone. She endured trial after trial, difficulty after difficulty, yet there was a grace and a favor that was resting on her life. And we see hope woven through every part of her story, that even in the difficulty, it was moved into the storyline to bring such graciousness from the Lord and to raise somebody up who would be used to help bring salvation to a nation. Not salvation in the salvation extent that I'm talking about Jesus, But certainly the nation was saved because she did what she was given the courage to do. God is always at work even when we can't see the whole story. And that can set at times the stage for great things to happen in our life. Esther 4 verse 14, 
the famous statement, and who knows but that you have come to this royal position for such a time as this. This courageous woman faced a difficult situation with God's wisdom, with His grace. She also had to be determined, be determined and be obedient. She didn't rely on anything or anyone except God Himself. And He acted powerfully on behalf of Queen Esther. And He saved His people. I think one of the things that we learn from her is no matter where we've been or the road that's been given us in the journey, God can use it if we'll allow Him to. The other thing I think that we have to look at is we can't be silent when God's put something in our heart to speak. We have to be filled with grace. But we will have to deal with issues. Silence at times, necessary. But at times, silence can be destructive when we need to cry out, speak out for others. Number eight, Mary. Mary was chosen by God to bring his son, Jesus, into the world. Even at a young age, her obedience and courage to do whatever God asked of her was amazing. The Bible says that she found favor with God. Often when we see the word favor, we can also see the word grace. Often when we see the word grace, not all the time, but we find with grace there's always a realm of favor. The Bible says that she found favor and grace. And though her mind must have wrestled with many of the, how is this going to work out? And why me? And maybe even some of the what's. She answered his call by saying, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Luke 1, 26 through 38 is the passage there. When Mary visited Elizabeth, she burst into a powerful song of praise to God, which is widely known as the Magnificent, out of Luke 1, 46 through 45. God's Word tells of Christ's birth in His early days and how Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart, Luke 2, 19. And just as this strong, loving mother watched her baby take his first breath, the Bible reveals that she also watched him suffer breathing in towards his last. Held by the presence of a mighty God, she was entrusted to raise the Savior of the world, and she fulfilled her purpose with great strength and grace. Such grace resting on the life of Mary. And then her cousin, number nine, Elizabeth, the Bible records that after years of not being able to have a child, Elizabeth, Mary's cousin, had become pregnant with her son at a very crucial time in history. We're reminded through Elizabeth's story that God's timing is always perfect. Though it may seem off to us, for her son, John the Baptist, he was destined to be the forerunner of Christ himself. When Elizabeth was visited by Mary and heard her greeting, the scripture says the baby leaped in her womb. The Holy Spirit filled her and she praised God, offering up blessings over Mary and her son, Luke 1, 39 through 45. 
Elizabeth's life is characterized by her continued faithfulness to God. Even when she may have wondered what God was doing, well, why he might not have been answering her prayers. What a wonderful example of giving worship and praise to God for accomplishing in her life what only he could do. And number 10, Mary Magdalene. In Luke 8, verse 2, we read that Jesus delivered Mary Magdalene from seven demons. And that she went on to follow him faithfully. She was among the group of women who bravely remained at the foot of the cross. One of those who came to the empty tomb early that morning and found that Christ was risen. And John 20, verses 10 through 8, tells us that after the resurrection, Jesus appeared to her first. He commissioned her to go and to tell his disciples and others what had taken place. In the Bible, she is usually mentioned first when there is a list of names, possibly meaning that she was a leader among those who followed Christ, but certainly there is an emphasis that God the Father wanted put on her life. Mary Magdalene's life was one that became a life of loyalty and courage and strength. She was one who was faithful as a servant to Jesus and continued sharing that truth and power of Christ even after his resurrection. She reminds us of this truth to encourage us in our own times of darkness. God often chooses to work most powerfully through those who have experienced great difficulty and brokenness and in those who have experienced His healing and His grace. All of these ten ladies face challenges, difficulties, hardships. And I agree with Debbie McDaniel, though I don't know her, in how she wrote some of this article that I pulled from, that her statement is actually fitting and it's right on. Ten examples of strength and grace are exemplified through these ladies. As I close out this morning, there's one, though, that maybe she didn't know about or maybe that she hadn't read about. For just a few moments, I just want to remind you of you. You may not be written of in the Bible. But for those of you that have placed faith in Christ, your name was written down in a heavenly book that we know is the Lamb's book of life. The Bible also teaches that there are books, the way I see it, the way I've interpreted it along with others, but that there are books in heaven. I don't know how it all looks. I don't know exactly all the detail, but you have a book. Perhaps you have books. 
this telling your story. You may be named after one of these ladies from the Bible. Your story may reflect one of these ladies that we've just shared about today. I'm thankful that so many that we see in the Old and the New Testament have lives of difficulty, challenge, that the way their story began was not the way their story ended. And I just want to remind you, I know I made this statement a little earlier, but I want to remind you, ladies, you have incredible influence. Perhaps more and then at times than what you realize. Now I'm saying ladies on purpose because I realize not everybody in the building or online may be a mother in the natural. But I love what April said about being mothers of faith or mothers in the spirit. I'm talking to all ladies today. Whatever age you are, you have influence. And I encourage you to lead in the strength and the grace that we read about in these ladies. They weren't perfect. Some of them had a really challenging storyline and life before he wrote them into the story that we read about. Some of them had difficulties after. And yet, we're reading about them today. Somebody is reading about you. Like, no, hold on. I'm not, you said I'm not in the Bible, and you said those books are in heaven. Yeah, but somebody, somebody's in your life, and they're reading you. I don't mean that as a negative expression. I mean that as look at the opportunity. See the influence. Perhaps there are some who are reading your life because they see something different about you that they just can't quite figure out and they can't just quite understand. They may know about your story and think, how could they be happy when all of this has taken place? They may know about the difficulty. They may know about some of the, the challenges. They may know about your current situation, and still yet they see something different about you, that there is a strength about your life that comes from Christ, that there is a grace that rests upon your life that is from Christ. I encourage you today, grow in that influence. From those who are older, I want to say, you're not too old to speak into the life of a younger generation. And even though maybe every young person doesn't want to hear what you have to say, I'm sure there is a truth to that. I would dare say, I've heard from more in my experience just in the last few years of young people who are desiring older people to speak into their life for multiple reasons, one of which they don't have that in their life. They don't have a positive mother figure in their life. They don't have a positive grandmother figure in their life. And they're looking for a voice that would speak into their life and love them. 
Maybe you're at a place where your children are raised and now you've got grandchildren. You might even have great-grandchildren and you're thinking, well, I got my job done. As long as you're in this earth, your job's not finished. And I just got news for you. When you cross over to the other position, if there's going to be a new heaven and there's going to be a new earth, trust me on this one somehow, some way, there's going to be more to do. It's just going to be way different than what we had to deal with here. If there's going to be rewards given in heaven, there is a reason why rewards are being given in heaven. Eternal rewards. I want to encourage you. Don't let your voice of influence be silent, ladies. We had an incredible conference this last weekend on our campgrounds with very different churches that were part of the ladies' conference. I came out of the conference just stirred myself. And one of the things that I see is that where we are in our country right now, we're at really pivotal points. And I'm telling you, ladies, We need your voice telling the truth of the word and not backing away from it. Father, I thank you. I thank you that we're not strong because of ourself. We're strong because of you and your grace and I thank you for the ladies that we see in your word and I thank you Lord that your word is reflected in the face of ladies sitting around the sanctuary joining us online today reflected from hearts that love you and so many have impacted and affected our lives I thank you that all the way back in the beginning after you formed Adam and after you blew breath into him you saw that it wasn't good for him to be alone and so you created Eve I thank you for the ladies are part of this Happy Hill family. I thank you for those that are guests today in any, any way. And I pray a blessing upon each one. And I pray, Holy Spirit, for your power within them to cause them to stand and to speak when things need to be spoken and to be quiet and still in the moment of stillness I pray that your influence in them would increase with the measures of your grace Father I thank you for ladies of grace here at Happy Hill and all around the world and I thank you today as we celebrate moms I thank you for mothers I thank you for mothers of the natural And I thank you for mothers of faith in the Spirit. 
I pray blessings upon them. And I pray that they be encouraged today that they can be who you have called them to be. And they can do what you've assigned for them to do. And Father, I pray that they would hear this shepherd's heart cry today that we need you. We need you. And we're thankful for you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you. And may he give you his peace. His shalom. Nothing missing, broken, lacking, disjointed, or out of place. Where we find his wholeness at work and at rest in a spirit, soul, and body. And I pray that you continually grow in grace in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And that for those who feel downcast and brokenhearted, to be reminded He is near you today, right now, in this moment. In Jesus' name. Thank you again for listening to today's message. If you would like to connect with us or you would like more information, you can find us at our website at happyhill.org. You can also find us on Facebook, YouTube, as well as Instagram at Happy Hill Church. And remember, we're better together.